Hello, Mr. Green. Just want to say uh, I took your advice to heart, and um, you said to just take it, throw it out there, see what happens. And well, finally have my first episode, and uh, just wanted to say thanks for the wisdom. And uh, slowly making my way down each episode, eventually. And uh, hope to see more in the near future, and keep up the good work. Talk to you later. Bye. Hello, hello. I'm Colin Green, and you are listening to Spike Pit, episode 137. Opening the show there, a sound that warms my heart. That is a new anchor podcaster, Mark Wallring, with the yawning Albert. Congratulations, sir, on making the leap into making podcasts. I think it's great fun, and wow, I'm I'm humbled that um, you're citing me as your inspiration and. <laughs> I don't often get my advice called wise, but uh, man, it's so much fun. I'm really glad you're getting involved and hope to hear loads more from you in the future. You've got your first episode up and I urge everybody who's listening to me to nip over and hear what Mark's got to say. Good job. Thought I'd record a quick Sunday morning episode. I'm feeling a little bit off the pace today, went out uh, with Arfed yesterday, went to a place called Gravesend and it's it's a, it's a little bit of a gamer mecca I think, they, they've got quite a lot of sort of um, interesting little shops with uh, gamer related goodies, there's a nice sort of friendly local game store come cafe place and the main reason for us going there was Arfed and uh, kind of our family really enjoyed the escape rooms. Went down there, did a couple. I uh, forget what the company's called now. Um, oh, yeah, Panic Room. So shout out to Panic Room. We did a, a submarine one, which was a two-player head-to-head in the afternoon. And we did a Wizard of Oz one first up. And two very different Panic Rooms. Really entertaining. I won't go into them too much you know because nobody wants spoilers for these things but the ingenuity that goes into making up these puzzles is quite inspiring really there was one puzzle I will mention briefly that uses signs of the zodiac I think it was my probably my favorite puzzle of the day and there was four maybe five different elements involved in solving the puzzle there was a chart, there was a, a, a display of an electronic display of symbols on a the screen, there was um, a, a star map painted on the ceiling, uh, there was something else. Oh yeah, and the colours were relevant as well, so it's quite an intricate puzzle and yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. And yeah, thanks to Arfed, he, t- he took uh, me and Luca and his partner Mel and basically treated us to a day out we went and had a bit of lunch very cool stuff but it has left me feeling, <laughs> yeah I think I've used up all my brain energy what little of it there was and um, I feel a bit uh, a bit sort of punchy this morning so um, 
oh, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. But what I wanted to do is I've got some call-ins. I want to get to. Recently, I asked um, if there was anything people wanted to know. So an AMA, ask me anything. And I've got a few responses, a few questions in relation to that that I'm going to answer in this episode. So I did get a question on MeWe from Free For All. And he, he was talking about the fact that 5e being so popular, you can you can get problems with finding players that will jump into other games. But if you put that aside, what system would I most like to get to the table? And uh, this has caused me quite a lot of um, pause for thought. The trouble is with this question, I could. There's so many games. There's like games that I own that I haven't played. There's games that I've always fancied playing. There's stuff that I know people are working on. So I'm really tempted just to throw a few games into the mix. But I don't know. That is probably. Is that cheating? No, because. I'm not doing a top three, <laughs> and unlike Froth, <laughs> uh, I don't know if you've listened to the Four Eater podcast lately, but Froth started doing the top three, and in his first one, he was talking about Zeb Cook designs, and I think he dropped in about, f- for, I don't know, three, maybe four special mentions <laughs> that he didn't count, <laughs> and I thought that was so funny, I, I meant to do him a message, but uh, I haven't got around to it. There's not a lot of point doing it now either, is there? <laughs> anyway, to get back to the question, I'd say Blades in the Dark, I, I, I was listening to an interview with John Harper recently, and it kind of really got me thinking. I've got the books out there, and I'd love to play it, but it is kind of dense and i am intimidated by it i I pick it up i read a bit i put it down and as i'm reading it i'm thinking i know this is not that complicated really but there's something about it that's it's just kind of throwing me off so i really could do with i think what i might try and do is watch some actual plays or something like that just to get me into the spirit of it i spoke with ray otis of plundergrounds about how I'd like to use the Necromunda setting and and do something with that old GW game using the law, but now I'm I'm changing my mind slightly on that and I'm thinking yeah I could do Necromunda almost rules as written, but maybe maybe take some uh, mechanisms from something like Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, ah oh, you know so so there's that, then there's talking of Ray. Um, Regular listeners will know that I play a lot of Ray's games that he he puts up on his Patreon there. And Goblin Town is kind of under under review by Ray. He's reworking it a little bit, but I really want to get that to the table again. I've played it a couple of times, had really fun sessions. And I kind of got some, some of my own ideas that I'd like to do with that. So, yeah, Goblin Town, and I want to get um, back to raise Sorcerers and Cell Swords, or is it Cell Swords and Sorcerers? 
sorcerers and sell swords. I always, I really, I, I really struggle with names like that. I always get them back to the front, but the simplicity of that, and it's kind of using the um, the lasers and feelings type of um, design, uh, which Ray did a great episode on way back. Well, I say way back, you know, uh, one of his early episodes, should we say, probably round about ten round there somewhere um and yeah and even maybe lasers and feelings i just got a feeling i want to do a couple of one shots again soon to help me help me with this necromunda idea and the other the other game that keeps popping into my mind is something cthulhu i want to get eldridge tales to the table i really like the sort of like the white box simplicity of that I considered whether I could do well. I well, I know I can um, use that for for a futuristic setting. Um, there is something almost Cthulhu about Necromunda when you think about it. So it's a rambly, rambly answer there, free for all. Um, I guess I've pulled three or four ideas in there, and. I could probably just keep talking about that. So I'm not going to. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the question, man. And you've got to pluck up some pluck up some courage and, and give us a call in. That'd be great. I want to, uh, you know, don't, don't worry what you sound, what you sound like. I mean, listen to me for a start. Good grief. Uh, that, that takes a bit of getting over. I can tell you. All right, Spike Pitt, it's been a while since I've called in. How about on your Ask Me Anything? Um, have you went back and played Knave anymore and given that another go? Or perhaps um, your own game of The Black Hack? Or even a little one like Maze Rats? Just curious to see if you're playing or running anything else besides uh, your ongoing basic fantasy uh, experiment. And that seems to be going well. Just curious to see what you're running now. I'll put that message in from Larry Hout. <laughs> Cheers, Larry, for the calling, man. Because uh, it's quite funny because he's listed three more games that I can add straight onto the previous reply to Free For All. So there's Knave, Maze Rats and Black Hack. There you go. Three more games that I want to play. <laughs> uh, oh, man, it's just so many games. It's crazy. There's not enough hours in the day. Probably because I spend all my time making podcasts, I should play more games. Um, yeah, Knave and Maze Rats. I kind of, I kind of feel that I'm, I'm just going to mash them two together. There, Ben Milton's games. You may know him as Questing Beast over on YouTube. And ah, oh yeah, what I liked about Knave was this idea that you're all just these Knave characters you're just like kind of a generic adventurer and you've just got these sort of you kind of pick and choose skills it's like a skill-based system a classless system it i think it fits in pretty good with an osr style of play but i don't want to get into the uh what is the osr question i think jason does a fine job of discussing all that business and if I'm honest, I've never really got to terms with it. I, I I just drop the R, I call it old school, and I kind of base it on the fact that I've just been playing for ages, and every time I play a game, it seems to drift into the game I've always played one way or another. I can't seem to 
I can't seem to throw off my old habits. So, yeah, thanks for the question, Larry, and I hope you're well, mate. Look forward to hearing from you with some more call-ins in the future. Hope I've answered your question. Oh, no, I haven't answered your question, have I? What am I running? Oh, man, I'm bad at this. Um, yeah, so I'm just running basic fantasy role-playing game at the moment. Oh, yeah, it's that's all right. It's just I've got the usual niggles that I have, really. Um, don't much like the thief class and what's going on with that. It's made me think, do you know what? I want to play some more 5e again. So that, look, there's another one, 5e. I want to run that again. Um, but my, my, my plan is, like I mentioned, get some more one shots to the table and some sort of little, little quick kind of story arcs or something. But I do like the player led. Kind of hex crawl. I, I need to. What I'd like to do is see if I can come up with a way of doing these sort of smaller sandboxes that play out without having a, a DM created storyline. So maybe I could just get. I did this before actually with Maze Rats, and the players kind of. We, we did a session zero, and the players. Came up with a world, uh, it was a bit like a beyond the wall idea. The players came up with the world and we worked out uh, the, the, the antagonists, the characters, and then some other antagonists like from an NPC point of view. And um, we said we're going to play, I think it was three sessions and just did like a bit of a beginning, a middle and an end. And the players did what they wanted to do and I just threw stuff at them and it, it wrote itself. I'd, I'd like to do something like that again, really. That was quite a refreshing change. But the thing that I've been wrestling with, talking of current games, is this idea of moving time on. I read in the Midgard setting book about, say if you play every week, move your campaign on double the amount of real time move it on in game time so if you play every week you move your campaign two weeks on if you're in the middle of like a a time sensitive dungeon or something like that what you do is you just delay that and add it on when they've left if you see what i mean so if you did two sessions back to back in a dungeon when they come out and return to civilization, you can advance a story, say, four weeks in, in that instance. So you've run two sessions a week, uh, so two weeks of real time have passed. When they come out of the dungeon, you, you move the uh, campaign world on a month. Um, and there's something kind of interesting about that idea, but I just don't quite know how to work it, do you kind of ask the players what they want to do, just give them like one turn and say, right, what are you doing for that four weeks? Or do you just start the session and say, right, four weeks have passed, what did you do? Narrate, what did you do? Um, And that's something I'm going to be thinking about today. So if anybody's got thoughts on how to keep your campaign moving, I'd be really interested to hear. Because what I found with my last... 
when I was playing 5e for a couple of years, characters would just keep um, adventure, adventure, adventure. You know, they'd come back from somewhere, they'd go to Fandelin, they'd get a night's rest. You know, it was 5e, so obviously they was healing up quickly and they'd, you know, they'd be off out straight away. You know, the next day, next sunrise, off on another mission. And I never really moved the story on very far. I think in the best part of two years of play, I'd be lucky if if the campaign world moved three months. And even then I was throwing in a bit of time, oh, you wait a week here, you wait a week there. And, you know, and then every now and then I'd forget the date and I'd have to sort of work it out and bump a couple of days in here and there. Ah, you know, and, and of course they're going up levels all the time. So in three months of game time, they've reached, I think, probably fifth level. And I, don't, I just, I'm not really cool with that feel, but I don't know what to do with it. So, something to think about. Hey, Spike Pit, it's Whisk. I'm on Tim's phone. I got two questions for you. One, what food would you never want to be without? Like, what one food could you just you have to have for the rest of your life? And then two, now that you're on Patreon, how do you feel about it? Because it took you a while to get there. You didn't want to do it. I remember you didn't want to do it. And now that you're there, how does it feel? That's it for me. Whisk out. Okay, so we've got two questions from Ivy, a.k.a. the Happy Whisk. And I love the fact that Ivy, she gets on anchor and she gets around calling everybody up. It's Well, for a start, it's encouraging to hear, uh, you know, a lady's voice on the airwaves. We've got a lot of old geezers chatting on and it, I think it breaks things up so it's very cool to hear from your Ivy and your first question about food where it's Sunday morning I'm kind of hungry I thought about this one and I'm going for eggs I think they're so versatile really my mum keeps chickens so we can get nice fresh home produced eggs and I don't know, they just kind of, I find them quite satisfying. They're like a little treasure of goodies, your minerals and important stuff in there. It's sort of a, I don't know. I don't know if people call them a superfood or not, but I think they're a superfood. Just, man, that, that golden goodness inside there. I like I like scrambled eggs myself, but I do like omelettes. Eggs, eggs are awesome. Now, second question, what do I make of Patreon? What do I think about now that I've started my Patreon? Yeah, I think it's cool. I think it gives, well, it's an inspiring kind of thing and it is very humbling when people kind of reach out with um, with their support. They come and find you on Patreon, look at what you're doing. They uh, put their hand in their pocket on a regular basis and, and throwing you a few dollars. It's like a, a vote of confidence. And whilst I'm happy to do my um, podcast for free, you do incur costs and there's a lot of time goes into it. And it, it is nice to get a little bit of a, a payout there to kind of support the uh like either the hobby or the artistic endeavour. But the the main thing about it and the main reason why why I 
got involved in Patreon. It, it is this this idea that you've probably got some like-minded individuals that are already positive about what you're doing, and they by supporting you, you know, they're saying they're saying they want to help you out, and I don't see that as it's not just it's not like a it's a morale thing for me. It's it's here's some people that if you've got an idea uh, or, or or something creative you're working on, these are probably the best people to go to first to bounce the idea off of, you know, because they they're saying already they want to help you. They've got a bit of time for you. You're you're on their mind. Um, so for me, I, I think that kind of sums it up. I could probably whittle on for ages, and this is already turning into a ramble cast. But thanks for the question, Ivy. Uh, I think it's really interesting. It's early days for me. I think I've got something like 15 patrons at the moment. And congratulations to Tim as well. If you're listening, I think he's up to 90 or so patrons and he's he's looking for 100. So, man, that's that's really good going. I, I mean, whoosh. But, you know, Tim's got some great stuff. He's, he's uh, micro-adventures, his maps. Uh, and I've said... Back in the early days of uh, Spike Pit, I, I, I talked about Tim's NPC uh, cards, man, and I love those things, that, that bit of artwork. And he talks about it on his uh, Goffridge Manor podcast, if you haven't checked that out, which I, I can't believe you haven't. Check it out now. What are you waiting for? Hey, Carl, and this time it's Tim. Uh, since you and I are Robin of Sherwood fanatics... I want to know what your favorite episode is of that uh, series um, because there's so many good ones, but I'm kind of curious to see what your favorite one is. And uh, as far as a gaming question, is there anything you've done in game that you regretted later on? Might be an interesting question there. I don't know. So those are my two questions. All right, Colin. See you later, bud. And who would have guessed it? You mention him and up he pops. Tim Shorts. I believe we call that a segue. <laughs> oh, man. And yeah, Tim, I'm a big fan of Robin of Sherwood. And I've got a couple of episodes that come into my mind. So I'm going to cheat again. Uh, no, well, I'll, I'll see if I can come to a decision here. I, I think there's the one early on where you've got that guy, the uh, the wizard kind of sorcerer type of guy that's got Nazir and Little John under his power. And the episode, I think it's a two-parter. Belloc, Belloc is his name, Belloc? That's, uh, something like that. And um, they they free him from his, from his dark magic. Um, Little John has got like this pentagram on his chest and... Nazir, the uh, obviously the coolest character from the series, uh, are under the influence of this bad guy, and basically they get freed and join up with Robin Hood and his merry men. So I like that episode, but I also like the one with a with the Knights Templar, with the French guy playing the um, the leader of the knights, and I remember 
I remember when I was a kid, that, that episode was kind of um, quite scary because in one scene, the knights are like riding around, um, riding around Robin and the gang and they're just you just get this weird sort of shot. It looks like you're looking through a letterbox where where the knights are appearing through their through the visors of their helmets and you can hear them breathing and then you've got the horses win win uh, whinnying and stuff and um yeah maybe that that could be my favorite that could be my favorite but i'm just part way through re-watching them so they're not too fresh in my mind but those those two episodes stand out and i think i'm gonna go for my my top favorite is probably that templars episode and there's some there's some funny stuff in there with Guy Gisborne, it, well, in fact, probably he gets to look an idiot in, in virtually every episode, but he he gets to look a really big idiot in that one. So, um, yeah, cheers for the question, Tim. I appreciate that, man. And uh, that's going to wrap it up for today, questions-wise, and we'll go to my outro. So I've just recorded a quick segment here to insert into the the episode. I've realised on listening back that I didn't answer the second part of Tim's question. Um, did I, had I, have I done something in the game that I regretted later on? I think he's probably talking about characters, but I've, I've cheated a little bit and I'm thinking of an actual real regret in terms of gaming. And that was how we handled the friendly fire incident a couple of months back. Um, we had a, a bit of a crappy session left a a bad sort of taste in the mouth and in trying to resolve it and to to avoid uh, a repeat episode we we just ended up losing a player we we talked it through and and the guy never came back i would have liked to have seen that handled better i would have preferred uh, a more amiable outcome and yeah that 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 i do regret i wouldn't say it's something i did particularly but as a group it was just something that happened and i i I would have rather it didn't um maybe it worked out for the best but i still can't help thinking we didn't handle it so good so thanks for all those questions guys thanks for the call-ins and the uh, message from Free For All there on MeWe. If ever you're feeling like you don't want to call in, that is another avenue for, for getting your message across. Just get in touch with us with either MeWe or on the Audio Dungeon Discord, and I'll see if I can come, you know, kind of reword your question or read it verbatim. As I'm doing everything off the phone, though, that gets a bit more difficult, so I... I <laughs> I generally just uh, read your question, sort of memorise it, and then re-ask it in my own words. Uh, Hope that's all right. Also, thanks to my patrons, the uh, Pit Crew over on Spike Pit Patreon. Thanks for your support. You're keeping the show going and growing. I'm actually going to close out today with Logan Howard and the crazy Spike Pit theme. Logan is the voice of Swordbreaker podcast and the imaginative mind behind his Swordbreaker zine. And now I want to just dwell on this for a second. 
Logan, man, your themes are awesome. I noticed they're cropping up more. Froth at uh, Four Eater Podcast. He's getting a few mentions today, <laughs> and and rightly so. Um, he's got a theme there, a new theme from Logan, which is really cool. He's got a bit more. Uh, he's got a little bit more rocky and gritty with that one. I noticed. So, yeah, very cool. You're doing an awesome job, Logan. Sorting out all these uh, um, little theme tunes for people, and I know, I know you just kind of get this moment of inspiration. You record it and then fire it out there, and I, I don't know. I just really like the spirit of that. It's um, very generous of you, mate. So, thanks for the awesome Spike Pit theme that we close out with. Last people I want to thank is you, the listener, taking a bit of time out of your day to listen to old Spike Pit on this. In a somewhat cold Sunday morning where I'm recovering from my escape room abuse. Um, Calmata this afternoon with Mr Hobbs. Looking forward to that. I need to get myself fired up and ready for that one. Uh, I've, got a, I've got a bad feeling about this. By the light of the stars I was hunting again For a mean old troll in a third level den I'd been lucky so far, this was old school rules I should've been cautious, should've used my tools The path was leafy and the way was dim The DM cracked a smile but I ignored him And then I fell into a spike pit 